was a 32-year-old man who lived in Minnesota and worked as an auditor for the Minnesota Department of Revenue. He was 5 foot 11 inches tall and weighed about 175 pounds with brown eyes and short black hair. Friends and family described him as friendly and outgoing. Reports online state that he was going through a bad phase in his life and had been reprimanded at work. Henry had also bounced a check for rent. To add to his troubles, he had recently separated from his wife, Corrine McCabe. Corrine was in California with their children, two girls, a 19-month-old and a 10-year-old. September 6, 2015. Henry joins at least two friends, Calvin Johnson and William Kennedy, for a night of drinking. A lot of drinking. During the course of the night, he was so openly intoxicated that a friend claims that he took his wallet from him to cut him off. It has to be said that I've never heard of someone taking a wallet to cut someone off before, but I suppose it's possible. Early reports state that he's last seen at Pavlitsky's on 65, but later reports state Club C'est La Vie. I'm not sure if the updated version is correct or if reporters are getting it confused with the fact that a charity drive was later hosted for McCabe at Club C'est La Vie. It could be possible that he went to both that night. Either way, Calvin Johnson sees Henry leaving with William Kennedy. 2.15 a.m. According to William Kennedy, Henry asked to be dropped off at the Super America gas station. What happens from here out is when things start to get a little unclear. At 2.28 a.m., Henry's final call is placed to Corrine McCabe, and a two-minute voicemail is left. What you're about to hear is disturbing. The sounds made are indescribable. If you feel this may upset you to a great degree, then I suggest either skipping ahead or stopping the episode. Kareen McCabe calls Tim Barber, Henry's biological brother. The voicemail picks up, and the last two minutes of the call are recorded. What you've heard is only some clips taken from the news report. The full two-minute call hasn't been released. It is reported that there is a voice before the call ends that firmly states, Stop it. September 7th, 2015. 
Barber doesn't check his voicemail until the next day. And after listening to what he describes as his brother crying, Barber files a missing person report with the Moundsview Police Department. Henry did not call in or show up for his auditor position that day. Karina is interviewed in what is the first media report. She tells reporters he was spending time with some friends that he hadn't seen in some time. And when I spoke with him, they were getting ready to leave. September 15th, 2015. The police conduct a search of the Super America and surrounding area, but find nothing. September 19th, 2015. A second search around Super America is conducted and led by police. Now teams of people travel the 35-minute long walk between the gas station where he was last seen and his home. September 26, 2015. After viewing cell phone records, the police find that the pings show that Henry McCabe was not dropped off at the Super America. A third search is led by investigators that instead focuses on Creekview Park in New Brighton. The police say the last call made from Henry's cell phone pinged off a tower near Silver Lake Road, a Mississippi street in New Brighton. This confirms the location that Kennedy gave the police was not accurate. William Kennedy speaks out. He had been receiving attacks on social media. William tells reporters that prior to September 6th, he and McCabe never hung out together. He also tells reporters that McCabe knew about him from back home in Liberia. William Kennedy may have been the last person to see Henry McCabe. November 2nd, 2015. Henry McCabe's body is found in New Brighton Lake. The body was found by a kayaker, partially submerged, and near some brush, and identified as Henry the day after. There were no marks or injuries to his body. The coroner ruled that his death was a result of drowning. Police have not ruled out the possibility of suicide due to Henry's personal and financial issues. Now that we've got the facts of the case out of the way, let's discuss the elephant in the room. The voicemail. One of the issues presented when discussing the voicemail is that the only recording available to the public is what little you can hear from the KSTP televised news report. You can easily find this report online and give the full news clip a watch. The problem is that to me, it seems like the KSTP are doing their best to drum up a scary story. There's a lot of talking over what little of the voicemail they play, and the whole thing is read with this typical cheesy news reporter voice. I feel that KSTP were very selective in which parts of the voicemail they played in an attempt to boost ratings. The presentation of the story has gone a long way to bring wild speculation about what occurred during the voicemail. The most outlandish being that Henry McCabe was attacked by a Bigfoot. I've even seen strangers posting this theory on Henry's Facebook memorial page and even arguing with his friends and family. For those that would do that kind of thing, please don't. The biggest argument I've seen for the Bigfoot theory is that the sounds being made in the call are inhuman, that a person simply couldn't make those sounds. First off, if Henry drowned, there could have been some electrical damage being done to the phone 
that cause some weird sound issues. I'm sure we've all been on the phone and you get that strange robot voice effect thing that happens to you or the caller. I'm also going to posit that a person can make those sounds. It has been noted that Henry had a heavy night of drinking. I've been heavily intoxicated myself, and I'm sure a lot of listeners have been as well. And during moments of clarity, I've noted that some of the groans that have come out when dealing with the extreme intoxication were very guttural and odd sounding. Also, if intoxication is part of what led to his death, these groans could have been very extreme. To help disprove this theory that people just don't make these sounds, and it must be a Bigfoot, I'm going to play an audio clip. The audio clip may be considered disturbing for some, so as usual, listener discretion is advised. The sound you are about to hear is from an 18-year-old who drank too much moonshine with friends. Listen to me. <laughs> the 18 year old's friends, not aware that his situation is dire, can be heard laughing in the background. The teenager died later that night from alcohol poisoning. The shouting and whooping sounds have been interpreted as his body's emergency response to dying. So yeah, I think we can rule out Bigfoot. Now that we've got that insanity out of the way, let's get to the reasonable theories. The first most represented theory is that Henry McCabe was murdered. The two supporting pieces of evidence is the stop it heard before the call ends and the shadiness of William Kennedy's timeline. I'm not ruling this out, but I do think the lack of marks on the body seems to hurt this theory you would think there would be at least some bruising on the body. I also think this rules out the chance for animal attacks. Another theory is that Henry committed suicide. Some web sleuths online believe that the stop it heard at the end of the call was Henry pulling himself together before intentionally drowning himself. They also point to the fact that Henry was not doing well in his personal and professional life. I initially found this absurd. But upon doing further research, I found that suicide by drowning is not out of the question. For example, in Newfoundland, within the years 1987 to 1991, 8.9% of all suicides were by drowning, and he knew he couldn't keep himself afloat. If Henry had intentionally got into his inebriated state, and he knew he couldn't keep himself afloat, then it's not impossible. The last theory, and the one that I subscribe to, is that Henry fell into the water and accidentally drowned due to his intoxicated state. I do think the local news piece has done a lot to cause everything to get blown out of proportion. The story ran for television just comes across as super hokey and like cheap National Enquirer reporting. I know people seem to struggle with the idea of accidental drowning, but it is the third leading cause of unintentional injury death worldwide. In 2012 alone, 117 persons died from drowning. Most drowning victims were men. I think that the stop it could have been Henry pulling himself together after deep sobbing due to his recent woes. I also think he could have intentionally turned his phone off to be alone. It's obviously not clear at what point he could have fell in. 
To keep things balanced, I think the key piece of missing evidence in this case is why Henry ended up so far away from his intended destination. No matter what theory is correct, I think it is important we remember Henry McCabe for who he was in life. Henry had a strong presence in the Liberian community. You can find passionate speeches he gave online. No matter what he thought before his fateful night, it's obvious those around him loved and cared for him. I think the community unifying for his search and the continued remembrance after his death is evidence enough of that. Henry McCabe is survived by two children and one wife. Minnesota Community Policing Services is offering a $5,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of those potentially responsible for his death. If you have any information, then please call 651-485-9211. All calls will be confidential and you will remain anonymous.